if you want to avoid all the sickness this winter, the snotty noses, the coughs, the colds, the sleepless nights, the fevers, the Panadol and the antibiotics, the ear infections, the grumpy, tired kids, the days off work and school and childcare, are all those memories of last winter coming back? I'm here to tell you that it doesn't have to be that way this winter. I have a free online masterclass, three simple ways to boost your kids' immunity to avoid a winter full of sickness. It's on demand, meaning you can register and watch it straight away or watch it at a time that is convenient for you. Head on over to naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune and you will be able to sign up. In the masterclass, I am covering our natural, simple and effective approach to avoiding winter infections, how to boost your family's immunity with our proven three-step naturopathic strategy that is really easy for you to implement as a busy mum. We're going to talk about the immune depleters that you need to avoid so you're not wasting time and money building up your kids' immunity that is just being depleted by these common foods and environmental factors. I am sharing heaps of practical tips. I promise it will be an hour well spent. You can register again at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune. I can't wait to hear how you find it and to give you the tips to make this winter healthier. Welcome to the Natural Super Kids podcast, where you will discover practical strategies to inspire you to boost the health and nutrition of your kids. I'm Jessica Donovan, a qualified naturopath specializing in kids' health, and I want to make it as easy as possible for you to raise healthy and happy kids. Let's get into it. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Natural Super Kids podcast. Today is part two of a podcast series that we started last week on enlarged tonsils and adenoids. So if you missed last week's episode, I would recommend that you go back and listen to that one first if you can, because today's episode, I'm going to be answering some great questions that we had come through on our Instagram over at Natural Super Kids about enlarged tonsils and adenoids. Last week's episode was all about enlarged tonsils and adenoids and our holistic approach to treating enlarged tonsils and adenoids in children. So last week we spoke about, you know, the the foundations, what are the tonsils and adenoids, what issues can be linked to enlarged tonsils and adenoids, the causes of enlarged tonsils and adenoids, um, the, the downsides of surgery, but also I made it clear that sometimes surgery is the right way to go when it comes to kids having enlarged tonsils and adenoids. We'll talk more about that today um, and our holistic approach to addressing enlarged tonsils and adenoids in children. So all of that foundational information is in last week's episode, um, which is the episode just before this one. 
And so today I want to answer some great questions that have come in through Instagram. As I said, you are always welcome to message us over at the Natural Super Kids Instagram. And if you're not following us over there, make sure you do because we share a lot of informative and inspirational posts that, um, you know, go beyond um, or a bit further sometimes what we talk about on the podcast. So make sure you're following us over there and send us a message and say hi. I love to hear from our podcast listeners on Instagram. Um, If you've got any topics that you'd like us to cover, any particular questions that you have, then yeah, hit us up over on Instagram. So let's get into some of the questions that have been asked today. I am um, going to to answer the first question. So one um, question we had come through was, do probiotics help with enlarged tonsils and adenoids? The answer to this question is yes, but giving a probiotic supplement is not going to be the magic fix. And, and you know, all of a sudden um, the tonsils and adenoids are not enlarged anymore. So it can be, um, and pretty much for us is always a part of the, the larger holistic treatment plan when it comes to addressing enlarged tonsils and adenoids in children. So the right probiotic um, will assist with microbiome health and overall gut repair, which will reduce those overall inflammation levels in the body and help to improve immunity. Um, Often kids that have enlarged tonsils will get sick and get infections more frequently. So a probiotic can really help there. And as I talked about last week, the key to addressing this inflammation of the tonsils and adenoids is to find the source of the inflammation. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And um, a couple of key sources of inflammation that, that are common in kids are um, food, allergies, intolerances, and also leaky gut. And a, a the right fit probiotic will really help in those areas as well. So it can really help to address, it's part of the picture when it comes to addressing the underlying cause. And I know the next question is going to be, which which is the right probiotic? That is not um, a really easy question to answer because it depends on the child's individual symptom picture. Uh, we do have a podcast episode on probiotics, so I will make sure that is linked in the show notes. Um, I can't remember exactly what, what number episode it is, but we'll make sure that that is linked, as I said. But as a general piece of advice, I would look for a probiotic that contains the Lactobacillus rhamnosus strain, LGG. And that is a really great uh, one for kids generally, really great if there is some immune dysfunction, great if there is some leaky gut or intestinal permeability. So if you really have no idea where to go um, in terms of a probiotic, choose something with Lactobacillus rhamnosus LGG in it. At least 10 billion CFUs is what I would recommend. Ideally, you would get some professional advice and get prescribed the best probiotic for your child's individual picture. 
Next question is, are food intolerances and enlarged tonsils linked together as inflammatory illnesses? Yes, food intolerances are a huge source of inflammation for so many children and not just food intolerances, also environmental sensitivities as well. So, um, you know, things like dust mite allergy or pet dander or pollen or dust, I said dust or grasses can contribute to that overall inflammation load or inflammatory load within the body. So yes, food intolerances are often linked to enlarged tonsils. And as I've talked about before, with a food intolerance or a food sensitivity, you know, just removing that offending food, if you know what it is, is not the overall, you know, complete approach to addressing food intolerances either. We want to be optimizing gut health and working on the immune regulation so that the um, the gut and the immune system are less reactive to these everyday foods that we should be able to tolerate and our kids should be able to tolerate as well. But yeah, food intolerances are a key source of inflammation. And also there's a huge link between food intolerances and leaky gut or intestinal permeability. Um, and often if that, you know, these two things go hand in hand. So working on gut healing, um, is really important with food intolerances and also with enlarged tonsils and adenoids to address that underlying inflammation. Next question is, how can diet help with enlarged tonsils and adenoids? Yeah, diet plays a significant role. Uh, One which we've sort of already alluded to, if there are food substances within the diet that are causing issues um, such as intolerances to certain foods, sensitivities, allergies, um, or if, if a child is experiencing an inflammatory sort of reaction to certain foods, then that is going to be contributing. So we want to be removing those problematic foods, removing those foods um, where there is sensitivity or intolerance issues, and often reducing key inflammatory foods as well. So gluten and dairy come to mind here. They tend to be quite inflammatory for most people. And it doesn't mean you need to necessarily you know, remove gluten and dairy completely from the diet. It could be making a switch over from an A1 Um, based dairy food, which is more inflammatory to an A2 dairy food or or protein is is the A1 or the 2. And we have a episode kind of going into this as well. So I won't have time to kind of go into the nitty gritty of, you know, inflammatory dairy and and the difference between A1 and 2, but I will link that episode in the show notes. but most kids will benefit from reducing or eliminating dairy and or gluten from the diet. And of course, those individual foods that could potentially be problematic and be leading to inflammation. The other side of this is that, you know, we have so 
often, kids have so often in their diet a lot of inflammatory foods, things like sugars and omega-6 processed oils that are found in so many packaged foods that our kids routinely eat. And so um, switching over to a more whole food, more Mediterranean style diet where we're getting lots of fresh fruits and vegetables, good quality protein, um, complex carbohydrates in the form of whole grains, lots of fish and healthy oils such as olive oil can really help to reduce that overall inflammatory load, um, which is causing inflammation of the tonsils and adenoids or contributing to that inflammation, I should say. So yes, diet is a key factor. Next question, is mouth breathing usually caused by enlarged tonsils and adenoids. And we had another similar question that that asked, is is it, are enlarged tonsils and adenoids the only thing that causes mouth breathing? Okay, so this is not, you know, this is something I do know a, a bit about, but it isn't my area of expertise. I just want to mention that from the get-go. But yes, mouth breathing, it's almost like it's it's the chicken or the egg scenario. What came first? Uh, it, is the child mouth breathing because they've got enlarged tonsils or, or adenoids, or um, are the enlarged ton- did the enlarged tonsils and adenoids, you know, um, come after the mouth breathing? This can be a really tricky thing to figure out, but it can be sort of either or. Of course, when there is are that those enlarged tonsils and adenoids, you know, it's blocking those airways, and often kids with you know, quite enlarged tonsils or adenoids need to breathe in their mouth because they're just not getting enough oxygen through their nose. So the enlarged tonsils and adenoids, yes, can be a cause of mouth breathing. And mouth breathing has a whole set of kind of um, negative health implications as well. So we really want to be addressing the tonsils and adenoids, um, the, the, the size of them so that kids can comfortably nose breathe again. Um, But mouth breathing can also be structural. Um, You know, it's really common. There's all, there's a lot kind of in this topic. Um, And we will look at bringing a a guest expert on to talk about this sometime in the future. My big tip here is if you're noticing that your child is mouth breathing um, and we should all check our kids when they are sleeping, um, you know, not when they're sick, because often, obviously, if you've got congestion or you're, you've got a cold or a blocked nose, you're going to breathe through your mouth. But I'm talking about more sort of everyday breathing. Um, you know, check your children when they're asleep and check if they are breathing through their nose or their mouth, because mouth breathing can lead to you know, a lot of issues um, further down the track. So an oral myofunction therapist can help in this area. And there are more and more of these these popping up. So look up someone either in your area or someone that does online consultations and get an assessment if you're noticing that your child is mouth breathing. Something else, I uh, some other information that I came across was that, you know, often kids will get tonsils and adenoids removed, surgically removed, But because of habit, um, you know, if they're not retrained, they can continue to mouth breathe. So an oral myofunctional therapist can really help to retrain um, a child to breathe properly um, after surgery as well. So keep that in mind if you do go down the surgery route or you already have gone down the surgery route. 
Next question is, are there any natural remedies available for enlarged tonsils and adenoids? I wish there was just a bottle of something that I could prescribe that would, you know, uh, th- that would shrink those tonsils and adenoids. This is, re- there's a lot more to it than just like picking out a natural remedy. The best thing that you can do if your child has enlarged tonsils and adenoids is to seek professional help. We can certainly help with that here at Natural Super Kids via our, you know, really convenient online um, consultations with our practitioners. We want to be uncovering the source of the inflammation and be addressing that. That is really the best natural approach or holistic approach when it comes to Um, enlarged tonsils and adenoids. Yes, there are certainly remedies that can help, but it really does depend on where that source of inflammation is coming from. And again, go back to last week's episode because I delve into this in much more detail. Next question, really good one. Are enlarged tonsils and adenoids linked to strep infections? Um, And do they cause pandas in children? So, yes, they can be. So, enlarged tonsils and adenoids can be linked to the bacterial infection, strep. Um, Infection is one of the common contributors to the inflammation that causes tonsils and adenoids to become enlarged. Usually, um, when there is that sort of strep infection um, or any other infection, so even a viral infection can cause enlarged tonsils and adenoids and can lead to things like tonsillitis, but they're not always necessarily linked. For example, my son once had tonsillitis. It was awful. Um, I remember we just got home from our big trip around Australia and he was a bit, he was, you know, a bit under the weather. And I tend to kind of let things go, um, you know, with with natural kind of um, remedies and nutritional remedies. So he was taking those, but he woke up in a lot of pain one night. Um, and I took him to the doctor the next day and the doctor was like, wow, you've left this a bit too long. You know, recommend antibiotics. Um, but I just wanted to mention that because he had this one-off kind of um, tonsillitis. He's never had it again since, um, but he doesn't have those kind of chronic or ongoing enlarged tonsils and adenoids. So just because there is enlarged tonsils, you know, because of an infection, um, it doesn't mean that it's going to lead to long-term problems with enlarged tonsils and adenoids. But yes, strep infections are certainly linked to enlarged tonsils and adenoids. Um do they cause pandas in children? Like this is a very complex question. I could probably, you know, spend a whole probably two-part episode talking just about that. We haven't actually even talked about pandas, um, which is more of a neurological um, issue in children. And yes, strep and pandas are linked. I don't know if there is a link between pandas and enlarged tonsils and adenoids. That I'm not sure of. I haven't come across any information, but potentially, you know, with those links there, you know, there certainly could be a correlation. Next question, what causes the tonsils and adenoids to become inflamed? So I did talk about this last week in the um, last week's podcast episode. And, um, but really, I just want to sort of answer the question here and put, put simply, I guess there's, 
there's a whole range of things that can lead to inflammation that leads to enlarged tonsils and adenoids. One of them is infection. Another one is immune dysfunction, where the immune system is kind of a bit all over the place. Um, And this, this is often linked with allergies and intolerances and atopic conditions even, such as eczema and asthma. We have an asthma question coming up, actually. So if your child has these, you know, these allergy kind of tendencies and atopic condition tendencies, um, and they've got enlarged tonsils and adenoids, that's where I would be sort of focusing, um, focusing my attention in that area and addressing that immune regulation. Uh, the other thing that can be a huge contributor to inflammation and enlarged tonsils and adenoids is leaky gut or intestinal permeability where food particles or food proteins are leaking across the intestinal wall into the bloodstream and that is setting off an inflammatory response Um and so, you know, healing the gut and working on the gut microbiome are huge parts of addressing enlarged tonsils and adenoids in children. Diet uh, can also be a really big contributor to the inflammation as well. Uh, you know, as I, as I mentioned, so many of our kids are having way too many inflammatory foods in their diets, the sugars, the processed foods, the refined carbohydrates, the um, vegetable oils, and so on. So, you know, one of the key things to do is to, to reduce that inflammatory load via the diet, moving to, towards more whole foods, um, you know, fresh fruits and vegetables, good quality protein, um, whole grains and healthy fats. Okay, let's move to the next question, um, which is what are the best natural remedies to use post surgery. So if your child has a tonsillectomy, um, you know, gets tonsils and adenoids removed, the best thing you can do is to support the immune system and work on optimizing the gut. Um, and gut health overall. So, uh, you know, that's really where I would where I would focus. And as I've I've talked about, this will come up in a bit um, as well. If you're if you're opting for surgery, make sure you're also addressing you know um, the underlying cause of the inflammation, which is you know often related to the immune system and the gut. So we want to be supporting immunity, supporting gut health with things like you know zinc can be wonderful post surgery. It's really important for healing, but it also has that immune support properties. Um, vitamin A and vitamin D and omega-3 in all within something like a cod liver oil can be really beneficial. Vitamin C, of course, and a good quality probiotic um, at the very least to support gut health. The other thing you want to look at is making sure you've got a whole heap of things like ice blocks that are nourish- that have nourishing ingredients in them that you've made yourself um, that will feel really nice um, on in the throat of, of a child who's just had surgery nice and cooling but you can you know put a whole heap of goodness in them Um, and bone broths can work really well so bone broth soups even bone broth I know this might sound weird but within a homemade ice block um, can work really well to get the the benefits of that bone broth in so they're the things that I'd be thinking about next question is it a coincidence that my son 
has his first chest infection since having his tonsils and adenoids removed. He also now has asthma. Okay, this is really interesting because it potentially could be a coincidence, but I just wanted to reiterate something that I talked about last week that um, there are health implications when it comes to removing the tonsils and adenoids. We know that both the tonsils and adenoids do have a role to play in immunity. And there was a study done with nearly 1.2 million children, so a huge study, that looked at the effects of removal of the tonsils and or adenoids on long-term health. And it found that children who had tonsils and or adenoids removed had a significantly higher risk of respiratory infectious and allergic disease over the following years. So when you look at that study and that information, maybe it's not a coincidence that he has um, had his first chest, chest infection. And so for kids that have had tonsils and adenoids removed, we want to just take some extra good care of their immune system. You know, we might want to look at Um, you know, supporting their immune system with food, of course, first and foremost. And you can download our Foods to Boost Immunity cheat sheet um, via the show notes. We'll make sure the link's in there for you. Um, And also, you know, things like vitamin C, zinc, vitamin A, cod liver oil that contains vitamin A, vitamin D, probiotics. These are the key things that can really help to support a child's immunity, especially through the winter. And the fact that he now has asthma, really, really interesting there as well. Inflammation is a key contributor to asthma as well. You think about, um, you know, asthma is basically a narrowing of the of the airways caused by inflammation. So uh, when I hear about, you know, stories like this with a child that's got asthma, they've had their tonsils and adenoids removed, I'm thinking, okay, where is this inflammation coming from? So for um, this question, really important to be looking at the underlying cause. Um, You know, dairy comes to mind here. Dairy is a big contributor when it comes to asthma symptoms and also enlarged tonsils and adenoids. So I would consider as a first point of call to trial an elimination of dairy for for six weeks and see how you go in terms of, um, you know, overall health picture, but also, of course, those asthma symptoms. A, a consult, it, it, you know, I was also going to say a consultation would be a great kind of path here. Getting some professional um, guidance and support from a qualified health practitioner, and we can certainly help with that here at Natural Super Kids. Next question: How long does it take to reduce in size after? starting an anti-inflammatory diet. And there was another similar question that asked when to stop, when do I stop trying to shrink the tonsils and adenoids naturally and just go for surgery? So two really big questions. You know, how long does it take is a how long is a piece of string kind of question because it depends on whether you're you're addressing all of those um, those contributors to inflammation. So just going on an anti-inflammatory diet, depending on what that diet looks like, um, you know, could be enough for some kids, 
But for some kids, they might still have a particular food in their diet that they are intolerant to that you might not know of. So then it's like, it's not that it hasn't worked, but it is that it hasn't been sort of, um, you know, that there's hidden things that haven't been addressed. Uh, so it really is important because there's so many factors um, that can that can be contributing, really important to get that professional support um, to make sure all of those underlying factors are being addressed. And another example is you could be on an anti-inflammatory diet, but there could be, um, you know, leaky gut or intestinal permeability. And so there's going to be that ongoing inflammation, even though you've moved to an anti-inflammatory diet. So um, I would recommend, you know, really trialing um, and again, I know I keep repeating myself, but getting some professional support and giving this a good sort of four to six months to address all of this stuff before going, okay, we've tried, you know, as much as we can, um, let's opt for the surgery route. So four to six months is a is a, um, you know, a ballpark figure that I would recommend. Um, it's definitely not weeks. Uh, another question was specifically about a 14-month-old. Um, ways to help a 14-month-old naturally with enlarged tonsils and adenoids. Yeah, great question because kids under two, we don't want to be loading them with a whole heap of nutritional supplements, herbal supplements. You know, we, we generally go light on. Um, I mean, we're not huge supplement prescribers anyway here at Natural Super Kids. We do use supplements to fill the gaps, but, you know, we're not expecting kids to be taking, you know, eight different supplements at any one time or anything like that. But under two, we're sort of extra cautious when it comes to supplementation. So the two things that I would be really working on with kids under two and for this 14-month-old specifically are microbiome health. So, you know, there's a lot we can do to optimize the, the microbiome. So a probiotic that contains the lactobacillus rhamnosus LGG strain. Probiotics can be taken from birth. Um, and yes, so so looking for something with that LGG strain in it and something with omega-3, vitamin A and vitamin D. So a cod liver um, oil. I really love the Metagenics cod liver A and D. That is a practitioner only product. So you would need to book an express consult to get um, access to that. Or if you're a club member, you can ask in the group how you can get access to high quality practitioner only products. But yeah, a probiotic and a cod liver oil that contains um, omega-3, vitamin A, vitamin D would be a really good start. And of course, as I've talked about throughout this podcast episode, addressing the underlying cause of the inflammation. So that could look like some, some you know, gut uh, repair support, some microbiome support, some immune support. Um, but the probiotic and the cod liver oil kind of give a little bit of a, a little bit of all of that anyway. Next question: Can having large tonsils make a child constantly come down with coughs and runny nose? Look, there can be lots of contributors to frequent infections in kids, and they are somewhat normal as our kids' immune systems are developing. Over the next few months, few weeks on this podcast, we are going to be delving into immunity topics. So look out for topics coming soon. Um, but yeah, especially if your child is mouth breathing, um, this could, you know, having those enlarged tonsils and adenoids could definitely be 
leading to more frequent sickness. When our kids are breathing through their mouth, they're not getting that same filtration system um, as if they're breathing through the nose. This is one of many of the problems with mouth breathing. Um, when we breathe through our nose, we've got, you know, we've got hair and we've got airways um, and all sorts of, you know, immune factors that are filtering that air um, and and sort of weeding out or attacking the microbes that might be coming in. When our kids are mouth breathing, it doesn't have that same filtration system. So um, mouth the kids that mouth breathe do tend to get more frequent illness for that reason. Um, and the other thing is that there's probably some underlying immune dysfunction going on, which would lead to your child becoming ill more frequently. So yes, the the enlarged tonsils and adenoids can be contributing directly, but also the underlying factors that are leading to that inflammation of the tonsils and adenoids can be, um, you know, causing the frequent infections as well. And another question we had come through, we had surgery before we knew the cause. Is it too late to help the inflammation now? This is such a great question because, um, no, it is not. And I recommend even if you are going down the surgery route, you want to be addressing that underlying inflammation as well. Otherwise, there can be other inflammatory issues that pop up later. Um, and, you know, there's that there's that ongoing inflammation in the body, which does a child's health no good. So, um, yeah, definitely, as I've talked about, you know, a, a lot of ways in this podcast episode already, if you're going down the surgery route, it doesn't mean that you forget about everything else. Um, and, you know, sometimes the tonsils or the adenoids can regrow. If there's been any tissue sort of left behind in the surgical process and there's still that underlying inflammation, then you can end up with, um, you know, issues in that particular area again. So, no. Definitely not too late to address that underlying inflammation. And the last question I have for today's episode, is surgery really necessary? Do kids get a better quality of life because of surgery? So as you've probably, you know, <laughs> um, concluded from what I've been sharing, you know, surgery can, can be really helpful, but I highly recommend, you know, you do try everything else prior to going down the surgery route. However, surgery can be really life-changing for a lot of families and a lot of children. And if you're not able to get those tonsils and adenoids size down um, through a lot of the, the, the things that we've been talking about over the last couple of episodes, then yeah, you probably do want to think about surgery because enlarged tonsils and adenoids can lead to breathing problems, which can lead to a whole heap of other issues, sleep problems, of course, which can be a huge um, factor when it comes to quality of life. You know, if a child isn't sleeping properly, they can have mood issues, behavioral issues, obviously energy issues, and it can affect the whole family. Um, enlarged tonsils and adenoids can lead to sleep, uh, feeding problems and fussy eating, trouble, you know, eating certain textures and a higher incidence of infection. So, yeah, I do think, you know, if you've got ongoing issues or a child has ongoing issues with enlarged tonsils and adenoids, you've, you know, you've done your best to address any of the underlying factors, depending on the size, of course, there's, there's lots of factors here. And if at 
you know, if, if unsure at all, um, you know, seek professional advice. Um, and and we can certainly help here at Natural Super Kids, especially in terms of, you know, really helping to address those underlying causes. Um, but yeah, t- talk to your medical uh, practitioner and medical team about, you know, the size and and what sort of effects they would be having on things like feeding sleeping, um, you know, rate of infections uh, and breathing. And you might already sort of have a really good idea um, in terms of how your child's quality of life is being affected. Well, that's been a bit of a longer podcast than usual. I hope that has really helped. I'd also love to know, um, over on Instagram, you can send us a message or you can email us, jessica at naturalsuperkids.com. Do you like this format of a Q&A podcast? Should we do this more often on particular topics? I'd love to hear your feedback. As I said, um, over the next few weeks, we are going to be delving into more immunity topics, starting with ear infections next week. And actually, we did have a question come through on ear infections. You know, um, would this also apply to frequent ear infections was the question. Um, My answer to that is... Potentially, yes, there are some really some commonalities in terms of the underlying causes um, and underlying factors when it comes to ear infections and enlarged tonsils and adenoids. But we will go into more depth in that about that next week. So stay tuned, and I will talk to you soon. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Head on over to our website, naturalsuperkids.com for the show notes for this episode, as well as a whole heap of inspiration to help you raise healthy and happy kids. I'll see you next week. Before you go, don't forget about my free online on-demand masterclass, Three Simple Ways to Naturally Boost Your Kid's Immunity to Avoid a Winter Full of Sickness. I'm sharing my practical tips on ways that you can strengthen your whole family's immune system to avoid the onslaught of winter infections so your family can stay healthy and well this winter. You can sign up at naturalsuperkids.com forward slash immune.